0: Life Audio.
1: Sometimes we do what's called Friends and Family Friday, where I will invite different friends of mine on to just have some great conversations. And so today is one of those days. I brought my friend Raquel Stevens on the show, and together we talk about her new devotional book. It's called The Sunshine Mind. And so we talk about a variety of different topics because the, the book actually covers a lot of different topics. It's a 100-day devotional that covers lots of topics that are important to women from career to friendship to relationships to dating, all of those things. And so it's a little bit of a break for you if you are behind in the psalm studies. This gives you an opportunity to catch up. And it's just a really great way to have some great conversations with other Christian voices. I pray it's a blessing for you. Stay tuned. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Well, hey, everyone, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. And today I asked my friend Raquel Stevens to come on the show because she has a new devotional that is out it's called The Sunshine Mind. So thank you so much for joining us today. You want to give us a little bit of insight about what has been on your heart and what God has been doing in your life recently?
0: Yeah, well, first, thank you for having me. And um, for people who are listening, I co-wrote the book with one of my closest friends, Tanya Rad. And um, she actually she has a morning show and we're in L.A. So she was unable to make it today, but she sends her love. And um, the idea for the book came about during the pandemic. Um, So it was a time of, you know, a lot of unrest. I think actually we're still kind of in that place, even though we're out of the pandemic. There's still a lot of unrest. I think we're living in a very um, unprecedented time in the world and so we wanted to put out something that was offering a message of light and hope and we know that even in the midst of darkness that light is always stronger than dark and um And so we wanted to use kind of what we've been through and navigated throughout our 20s and and early 30s to um, help women. And so we share in the devotional um, from our heart. We were vulnerable and open about all different topics from self-esteem, dating, career, finding meaning and purpose and um, released end of January. And the response has been great. We've been, um, you know, press tour and traveling and speaking. And it's just been amazing actually to have like, Face to face contact with people and and kind of hear you know where they're at or how the books impacted them and it's been awesome.
1: Yeah, you know I love that because like you said, coming out of the pandemic and like I totally agree with you. I feel like we're still there in a lot of ways because life looks looks different now. You know, it
0: does. Yeah, I
1: I feel like for a lot of people that put them into almost like a downward spiral where you know people just don't. It, they're having a hard time coming out of it. So I love this idea of lights and uh, the sunshine mind. Could you elaborate a little bit for us, um, for those that aren't familiar with the book yet? What is the sunshine mindset?
0: Yeah. So when people say, What is the sunshine mindset? we say it's not like a formula or a quick fix. It's rather the way you go about your day-to-day life. So for example, it's choosing to forgive instead of retaliating. It's choosing to take disappointments as lessons learned, um, choosing to, you know, take the high road in life. And so it's the way you go about your life and even, you know, things like coming against negative thoughts with scripture. Um, and it's a lifestyle essentially.
1: Yeah, I love that. I think especially, I'm a mom of three daughters, one's in college and the other two are in high school. And what I've noticed with them is um, just in this post-COVID climate, there's this tendency to see everything through this negative filter. And I think in a lot of ways, it is a mindset shift where we have to change our perspective because truth be told, life throws some curveballs at us. And that's something that is just, Unavoidable. It's something that as we go through our lives, it's just something we have to learn how to deal with. And so I love one of the things that you talk about in the book. Um, you say, I think it's in your intro, you talk about how your greatest desire is to spread God's love and to see people live free. Yes. Did yes, yeah, yes. you elaborate on that a little bit for us? Yeah, well, I think
0: if we're not living free, we're not able to fully step into our God-given purpose. And so I found that in my own life through my friends' lives that the only way to really live a life that's free is to understand true love of God, right? So I try my best to show that in my friends' lives and people I work with. Um, And then in my own life, in my one-on-one time with God, I try to ask, you know, God, please, if I'm feeling down or I'm feeling hurt or I'm feeling not good enough, like, please fill me with your love. Show me your love. And then everything is an overflow of that. And that's how we live free, right? So it's, we're all carrying different things. We're carrying shame, we're, we're carrying, you know, guilt or um, unworthiness, all of these things. But when God fills those holes with his love, then we're set free, right? Not bound by anything. And that's how we fully step into our purpose.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I, you know, I think that for somebody that were to pick up this book, um if they were in a dark place at the beginning of the book it would be almost impossible for them to be in that same place by the end of the book oh, because thank I think you. you guys do such a good job of breaking it down into bite-sized chunks. I think sometimes when we're looking at changing our mindset or even just changing our perspective on individual things it can feel overwhelming. Like it can feel hard. Yeah. How do I practically do that? And I think yeah. one of the things I love about your book is it's bite sized chunks that you can think about and process through your day where you're not like overwhelmed with this huge long chapter of to do lists, but instead it's for people that are busy or people that are even overwhelmed thinking through that process. It's such an easy read in terms of, okay, this is manageable. This yes. is something I can do. And I love the practicality of it. And-
0: You're so right. And that's what's great about it being 100 days is it's not I mean, you can read multiple pages in a day if you want to, but it's designed that you read a page a day. It's not overwhelming at all. It's a couple of minutes, you know, sometimes there's a challenge at the end. So maybe it's a little bit longer, but it is it is digestible. And I think that um, that was our hope with the book is that it wouldn't be overwhelming, that it would be very practical, and just lessons that people can apply to their day to day life without it being so oh my goodness, this is too much, you know?
1: Yeah. Did you have a favorite topic that you wrote on?
0: Oh, um, hmm. so many. I mean, I really, I liked, I liked that we, we talked a lot about forgiveness in it. I think that's something that everyone deals with. And I think it's the thing that people have the hardest time with, mm-hmm. right? Forgiving because we're constantly disappoint, disappointed by this or that or life and it can feel really hard to forgive. But again, going back to God's love, when we understand God's love for us, it it, it frees us to be able to forgive. Um, I talked about self-esteem as well. I think that's been a big one for me throughout my life, having, you know, especially living and working in LA and in the entertainment industry, there can be a lot of pressure around um, beauty standards or um, having to be perfect in a certain way. So I think that was something that I've really done a journey with and and gotten to a healthy and and whole place with it so that was a great topic um we talked about dating tanya and i my co-author she talks about always how she she's with an amazing guy now but she went on 200 dates <laughs> before she met him i haven't really dated at all the last 10 years and i've i've gone on dates here and there but nothing's really been right, and so that's surprising to people, right? Because they're like, you're 20s, they're your, pr-? you know, you're in your prime, should be dating. And I've always just felt that unless I truly feel like, you know, this is God ordained and the right person, and that uh, I won't invest my time, my my purpose is too important to me. And so I've invested a lot in my friendships and traveling and working. And um, I know that when the time's right, it will happen and it hasn't yet. So um, I liked that topic because I think that's something that's maybe not talked about enough, right? Like, I, I don't know. What do yeah, you think?
1: Especially, yeah, because I think my daughter, my daughters are the same way. Yeah. Um, because that's something we tried to instill in them. Like, first yeah. of all, we don't want you to settle for anything less than God's best for you. Um, Absolutely. Because, yeah, cause God's best for you is going to be your, your best. Yeah. You know? And so, um, my, my middle daughter, especially she's known for being notoriously picky because she, just, I love it. she's not having it. She's like, I grew oh. up yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that. I think that is countercultural to what, yeah, you know, what we see, especially even in the entertainment industry. It, it's it's counterintuitive. But I love that you set that example for young women. I think it's it's a powerful example. And, um, you know, one of the things that you were talking about, as you were talking about working in the entertainment industry, I thought was striking for me. And I think maybe I consciously would have thought about it but in the context of this book it was kind of striking for me you said that um you're around a lot of people in the entertainment industry and they're people that just have like everything but yet you yeah. still sense this deep sense of unhappiness and um could you share with us just a little bit on how you deal with that and and what your recommendation is to dealing with that kind of unhappiness despite really- people that have it all we're going to stop here and take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll finish our conversation with Raquel. Stay tuned.
0: I think there's this idea in the world, right, that's ingrained in us from a young age, that somehow if you have all the money and you have all the fame and all the success, that somehow that equates to happiness. And so it's one thing for people to tell you, oh, you know, those things don't make you happy. And you're like, yeah, OK, but you're you know, you you don't really know what that's like. I think it would make me happy. And so then for me, getting to live life close up with with all of these people that have achieved the height of success and um, experiencing all that comes with that and realizing that unless you have a deep sense of um, purpose and internal happiness and security. None of that really means anything. Mm -hmm. In fact, it will just make you more and more miserable and empty. But if your inner life is strong and you do have that deep sense of purpose, then you're able to use all of those things as a resource to do good, to help others. So there's nothing wrong with money, fame, success, any of those things. But if you are not grounded in your purpose and in peace, then it will actually just spiral you into, um, being very unhappy. Mm-hmm. And I've lived that up close. And so I think that's why I always say with the book, call it the sunshine mindset. Um, but it's so important to create that sunshine mindset in your life, because that way, um I, I love that scripture that says content with little content with much wherever you're at in life, you're always your baseline is always good, right? So if tomorrow, someone gives you, you know, millions of dollars, you see, st- it's not, it's not changing you. It's just Enhancing where you're already
1: at. Yeah, it's it's giving you more impact and opportunity to continue to serve God in whatever way He calls you to. Yeah, and you know you do talk a lot about service in the book. Um, and I love the acronym. Um, it was serving shine. The acronym acronym is shine. Serving Him ignites new energy. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Can you unpack that a little bit for us. Yes. So I think that service. When people think of service, they think of you know during the holidays, going out and, and, um, you know, doing acts of service. And that of course is a way to be of service, but we should be living our lives every single day of service. So it's being there for that friend that, you know, is having a hard time checking in on them, making sure they're okay. It's noticing the person at the coffee shop and, and smiling at them or buying coffee for the first person behind you. It's um, it's a, again, a lifestyle. Of living. It's using whatever you do for your career um, to help others, right? And so even if you're working a, a job that you're not necessarily a doctor, that's like, you know, hands on helping people, maybe you you're working you're an accountant or maybe you work at a store you're helping people find clothes and maybe your your act of service is 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 instilling you know compliments into the people that come into your store right Being like, oh you look so beautiful today you know how can I help you find something or you know you work in a, an accountant accounting office it's it's you know being involved in the other people's lives that you're working in it's being kind on the phone it's being kind over that email not you know retaliating maybe when you want to and so I think we all are responsible to live lives of service and in return we are fulfilled right because we're we're helping others and that what that's what brings us meaning and purpose and fulfillment
1: yeah. I love that. You know, there's been different times in my life where I have been walking through different seasons of maybe grief or pain, like somebody's done something hurtful. And what I learned is, um, what I tend to do now is I almost immediately will just start asking people, how can I pray for you? Because, oh, I love that. Yeah. Because you know what I, I think for me, at least is it's kind of like this image. Like if you were helping push somebody up the hill, you're still getting up the Hill. Like, you know mm. what I mean? Like there's yeah. this aspect of, I might not even feel like praying for myself cause I'm like depressed or down in the dumps about my situation. But if I'm praying for somebody else, I'm in God's presence and that's what's yeah. healing, you know? Let's and so praying. I love that aspect because I think when we talk about lives of service, it's the model that Jesus gave us, right? He, I mean, yeah. he came to serve. And so um, I think that is an element that sometimes we forget Again, in this post-pandemic world, I think even people that prior to the pandemic were serving, it's an element of their lives that has gone away just because maybe there's less opportunity for that now. And I think service looks different now in a post-pandemic world. It does. I think so too, yeah. 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 You know, one of the things that you mentioned um, briefly in the book was some service you did um, a mission trip to Kenya. Yes, and I'd love it if you could share a little bit about that because I, that's how I got my missional roots, was um, on mission trips in Kenya too. So, wow. no way. That's amazing. So,
0: um, I was working on a documentary with Selena Gomez at the time, which is now out. It's called My Mind and Me. And we had the amazing opportunity to go to Kenya uh, with an organization called We. And we were in this tiny village in the Maasai Mara. And it was absolutely wonderful. Like some of the best people that I've met in my life. And something that I found really interesting that I'll share is we went to a school there and the girls were teenagers. And I remember Selena and I asked them, we said, you know, do you struggle with like body image issues or like comparing yourselves to other people and whatever? And they said, what? It was like a foreign concept to them. Um, and they were like, No, they're like, We're all beautiful. Some of us are bigger, some of us are smaller. Um, we're all beautiful and amazing. And then they said something about boys. They're like, Oh, we don't even think about that till we're done with um school, but they don't have media in the way that we have it in the West, right? They don't the girls that we were with, they didn't have cell phones, they didn't, they didn't have billboards that they're driving by seeing all these images in front of them. And I thought that is so interesting in that, you know, we have so much access where we're at to, to, you know, seeing all that we're seeing and these girls that are, you know, living in this village, they were so secure and so happy and so sure of themselves and so kind to others. And I thought, you know, that really spoke to us.
1: Yeah. You know, it reminds me of a similar experience I had. I was um, in a home Where in the region of Kenya that we were in, they had like two generations of adults that had been wiped out either because of disease or war. And Mm -hmm. so you had great grandparents that were raising great grandbabies and yeah. So, and they, you know, they have a lot of children, I mean, culturally. And so I was visiting a home where it was a great grandmother who had 18 children that she was raising. And I was like. First of all, just overwhelm, how do you even keep track of all these kids? But, um, you know, as you can imagine, it's, it's an impoverished community to begin with. But then she has all these kids to take care of and she has no income. And yet what I recognized in her was just this life of selflessness I mean she, she she gave me a bottle of Dasani water which for them that is super expensive but yet she knew the Americans can't drink their local water and just the sacrifice that touched me so much the sacrifice she made just to make sure that I would have something to drink oh. And that, man, how much do we take for granted in our daily lives and I'll tell you what the joy that I experienced in that home was unlike anything I've ever experienced I thought the happy. same thing I thought yeah. the same yeah it was yeah. contagious Yeah. And so here I'm over there thinking, okay, I'm going to be here to serve you. And I walk away with like this incredible experience. So I said that I was
0: like, it's amazing. The organization that we were with, they've been able to provide infrastructure, build schools, whatever. But I I was like, they're happier than we are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, what you said was so true. They don't have the media influence that we have, you know, that comparison. And um, it was just so interesting to me. I was like, those are some real world principles that we need to take back with us. Like when we're feeling overwhelmed, we need yeah. maybe we need to unplug a little bit, and Absolutely. we need to kind of get back to the roots of of what joy is actually all about. I completely agree. Yeah. Well, that was so interesting. I loved reading about that because I work in five countries now. I don't work in Kenya anymore, but I, I cut my teeth in missions on on the field in Kenya, and so I have a special soft spot in my Where are heart. you working there. now. What other cities? Um, Uganda and, and Malawi and then Sierra (laughs) Leone. And then in the Caribbean, we work in Haiti and the Dominican Republic. So lots of similarities for sure. I mean, especially East Africa, but um, same similar kind of thing. Like we're building schools and hospitals and infrastructure, but um, even still the amount of joy that is experienced and what the way they live their lives is radically different than what we see here. And I, my, my 15 year old went with me um, just in January. We went, if it was her first time um, we went to the Dominican and she came home and honestly, she was so quiet when we were there. And then when we got home, she's, it was a chatterbox and she's like, okay, mom, I get it now. Like I get why service is so important. Like that changed uh-huh. my life. And so I think service is such an important element that sometimes. It's and, yeah. um, you know, even for people who are
0: listening, maybe there's not an opportunity to, to go overseas or to go somewhere. You can serve right wherever you live, right. Where exactly. you're, I love, I live in LA and I, do some work with um, an organization called the Dream Center Mm -hmm. out here and they take in a lot of addicts and um, people that are really struggling and they have an amazing, you know, volunteer program. And um, so I think wherever you're at, you can find organizations that are doing amazing work and you can you can join in on on what's happening in, in your city.
1: Yeah, I love the dream centers. I love they're in a lot of big cities. I think um, yeah, that yeah. New York City. But yeah, I think most communities, if they don't have something as specific as a dream center, there are a lot of local organizations. I think there's no shortage of places to yeah. serve. You know, so I love it's that. Like aspect. What you're saying too, even just think
0: about the people that in your are in your life. Maybe it's a friend or a family member. Maybe they're just going through a hard time. So maybe you could take them out or do something, you know, it, it doesn't even always have to be for a stranger. It also could be for someone in in your life.
1: Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's one of the concepts you talk about in your book is talking about being generous with our relationships and how that contributes to our own happiness and success. Yeah. I love that. Would you mind um, maybe just telling us a little bit about how you came to faith, how you found Jesus in the first place?
0: Yeah. So I grew up actually going to church. My parents were both Christians and were actually pastors for a while. And um, my grandparents on my dad's side were missionaries. And so I, I grew up Christian, but there's a difference between growing up, going somewhere, going to a church and actually experiencing it for yourself. And so I would say probably I always loved the presence of God. Um, and I had an early encounter, I think I was like four and a half years old, where I like woke up in the middle of the night by this bright light, and asked Jesus to come into my heart. And so that was very early. But then I think in my teenage years, I went through like a couple of partying years in my early high school days, and just, you know, found it to be unfulfilling. And, um, and then kind of was turning more towards my faith again. And then when I moved to LA when I was 18, and I was, you know, pretty quickly in the right in the middle of the entertainment industry and whatever, and just experiencing so much, I really realized that I needed my faith. I needed Jesus in my life to be able to do all that I was doing and, and being there for people and in my career, like it's, it's, it's a lot, you know, and I, I could not do that without the presence of God in my daily life 24 seven. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also just nothing better than it. I've experienced a lot of amazing things in my life so far. And I have to say, there's nothing better or more, or more satisfying than being in the presence of God. And I'm not just saying that I, I really mean that.
1: Yeah, I think it's the key to everything. I think we see in our culture today, people. You had talked about this. You alluded to it earlier. People are trying to fill up that it's like this God-shaped hole that we have, and people are trying to fill it up with all these different things. But until we fill that up with God's love, we're not going to experience true, lasting happiness. Yeah. Those everything else is a counterfeit version of of it what is. true joy is. You know. It is. Yeah. And I always
0: think it's amazing that like every all the billions of people that are in the world everybody has access to experiencing that. That's not yeah. unique to me and you. Everybody has the exact same direct line. Yeah. God. And how amazing is that?
1: Yeah, it's incredible. I'm so thankful for that. I I feel like um, one of the things that I wanted to have you speak a little bit on was um, you talk about like your path to your career and how you, you've seen God's hand throughout your life. And this idea of living your journey And I think there's like a tension that that most young women feel this tension between, okay, following following this path that God has for you and living your journey, but then also experiencing once we get there, this imposter syndrome, like, okay, I got here, God brought me here, but now what do I do with this? And should I even be sitting in this seat? So I, I wonder if you could speak to that a little bit and maybe just share some advice that that you've experienced as you've kind of gone through that in your own life.
0: Yeah. I think that's something we all deal with, right. You know, at different times in our life and it's, I'll still have moments of that, the imposter syndrome. And I think that, What's helped me with that is reminding myself of the bigness of God, right? And when you remind yourself of how big he is, that we are, you know, here on earth for such a small time, we're all human beings. It doesn't matter who you're in the room with or, you know, when you feel that imposter syndrome overcome you, it's like, we are worthy to be in that room. We are worthy to be in that job, even if we feel underqualified because we are a child of God. And, um, I think when you come at things from that understanding of like, whoever you're in the room with, whatever the job is that you've been given, you're worthy to be there because you, you are a child of God and that is it. And so the second those feelings come, you just remind yourself of that and you remind remind yourself of how big the creator is. And then immediately you're, you're empowered to go and do Whatever it is you need to do, whatever conversation you need to have, whatever you need to go do at that job, you're like, I've got this.
1: Yeah, I love that because, you know, as a child of God, we are loved for who we are, not what we do or what we don't do, you know, and I think that's been really helpful, you know, in those moments where I'm like, okay. How did I? How am I going to get through this? Like I don't even know how I got here. Now I'm getting like that whole insecurity comes, but yet it's that reminder of the Holy Spirit. Like, okay, we got this. You're not going at this alone. I'm here with yeah. you. And even if you totally screw this up, God doesn't say screw. That's my my interpretation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, even if you totally screw this up, it doesn't matter. I love you anyway. and, yes. and it's so much like, freedom in that. The door has been
0: opened for you that is for a reason. And you can think all the time, how in the world, I think that all the time, like, how did this happen? How did it get here? What is going on? This is wild. But like, it, the door was open, so I can handle it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I
1: love that. I feel like I have all these questions that are all over the place. But I think that's a testament to how well this book speaks to all these different, you know, I love, I things. love. Yeah, options. yeah, keep them yeah. coming. So the one that I um, wanted to spend just a little bit of time on is advice for someone that's going through a friendship breakup. And the reason why I say that is because again, after COVID, I think what I saw in my own life and the life of my kids and my friends is people started to really take stock and really reevaluate their lives. Like, okay, this is a serious season where I have to stop doing stuff that I was wasting time on and really start to hone in on the things that really matter. And so what that meant for a lot of people was changes in their relationships, changes in their friendships, maybe letting go of some of those friendships that maybe weren't so healthy or really chasing after the ones that were. And so I think what resulted in that is regardless if, you, for our listeners, regardless if you were the one that maybe started to pull away from a friendship, or if you were the one that was kind of experiencing that because somebody else was yeah. pulling away, that is so common that friendships have been broken up over the last couple of years or just changed because the dynamic has changed. Yeah. So I love that you talk about that in the book and, and maybe could you give any advice for someone that's going through that kind of season right now?
0: Yeah. Well, first I think it's really hard. I think as women, you know, sometimes naturally we we're people pleasers. Right. And you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and you, you, it can, can be difficult. I actually went through an experience with a girlfriend of mine recently, and this has never happened in my life, but where that happened. And I think you're right. The pandemic shifted. It was a different time. And I, I, in that friendship, I took responsibility and that I gave more than I could keep. And then it turned into a little bit of resentment which I hadn't fully felt in a, in a friendship before. And I didn't like that feeling. I was like, what is this? And I had to own my part in it. Right. And then I gave more than I could keep, which in return turned into some resentment. And then um, I realized that the, you know, the kindest thing to do was to have more space in that friendship. So it wasn't like a full breakup. It was like, we still talk here and there and we're kind, but I, I, it, it needed space because um on her end, I think there was stuff that she needed to deal with, you know, on her own, but I was kind of that putting a band on what mm-hmm. she needed to to deal with. So none of it was like ill intent. It just can happen, right? Mm-hmm. When you care about someone. And so I think the best advice that I would have is first to like take a 360 mm-hmm. perspective of like what's going on here. Like why why am I feeling like I need this breakup or this distance? thinking about what you've learned from it, right? Because it always takes, I mean, there are situations where sometimes one person really has wronged someone else, but sometimes it's two, it's both people. Mm -hmm. So kind of think about like, what's your part in it? What's their part? And then if there's room for a conversation, I think that communication is important because it doesn't leave room for, you know, People guessing, like, oh, did I hurt them? Did I do that? Or whatever. You know, you can kind of talk about it um, in a healthy way. Um, but if it's not, sometimes it's not a conversation. And I think it's just um, one of those things where you've just got to choose. Y- your path and what you feel like God has put in your hands, whether that be relationships and, you know, you know, when a relationship is, is God ordained and, you know, when someone's not great for you. Mm -hmm. And I think you just got to stay on the path. And sometimes that means people won't always fully understand. Um, But that's, that's okay. You've got to just kind of keep it moving. And um, yeah, it's hard. I don't know. I I don't have a concrete answer. I think I would just say communicate if you can in a a loving way, own your part if there was your part in any of it. And then sometimes some friendships are just, they're a season and you really value the season, be grateful for it, be thankful, and then know when it's time to move on.
1: Yeah. And I think in terms of a sunshine mindset, sometimes we have to go through a little bit of temporary pain to get to the other side of that. Yeah. And so if our long-term goal is, changing our perspective, changing the way that we live our lives, changing the way that our lives, um, you know, really reflect God's light, that sunshine mindset, if that's the goal, then sometimes there's things we have to let go of. Because, there are, yeah. yeah. Like you said, there are seasons for things. Sometimes we hold on to things longer than we should and, that that can be painful. I mean, quite honestly, it's just it, there might be a little bit of a bit of pain in letting go of some of those things. Yeah. Trusting God that it's worth it in the long run, I think, yeah. is, is the bottom line. So true. Well, girl, I feel like I could talk to you all day. I know, or chatting away. <laughs> yeah, but I want people to to buy the book, so I don't want to get into too much of it because I feel like yes. Yes, so much yes. value. So Thank you, um, I think what I'd like to do is maybe just close with asking what are some practical ways that you would share that we can work to change our mindset and create the sunshine mindset? So, you know, we're, we're working through the book and it's a hundred day devotional, which I think i just love the concept and the, the bite-sized chunks. But um, what, are, what are some like practical ways besides just obviously we're going to read the book, but when you put the book aside, like practically what does that mean in our lives? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's the sunshine mindset is it's a,
0: it's not a quick fix. It's just not, it's, it's the little daily things that we do. So for example, if someone's listening today and someone really, you know, bothers you at work, maybe it's choosing to show them kindness instead of retaliating. And then afterwards you'll be like, I actually feel more peaceful than if you went off on them and then you get home, you're like, Oh, oh, that was a day. And then you feel bad. You went off. So it's things like that. It's like your friends gossiping to you about this person and, Maybe it's choosing to, you know, wish them well or say something kind or say nothing at all Mm -hmm. instead of gossiping about something. Maybe you are, um, you've been feeling really down and you've been, you've been venting and you've, you know, you've gotten all the advice you can get or whatever. So maybe today, this is the time that you, you go for a walk, put on your worship music and you, you spend time with God and, and have him, you know, come in and, and really heal your heart. Um, so it's, it's all of those little things that we talk about in the book that really are quite simple. I know for me, if I'm having a tough time, like going on a walk really helps me Mm -hmm. just being out in nature and, and kind of getting clarity, being still, um, that really helps me a lot. And, um, yeah, so I think it's just the little, the little things in our day-to-day life that we can practically apply.
1: Yeah. I love that. Do you feel like once you start getting in that mindset, it becomes easier? Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking.
0: That's what I was going to say. It's like, the more you do it, the more it just becomes, it it's, it's your lifestyle. So yeah. now every time I'm feeling down, it's like, it's like autopilot, right? I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go on this walk. I'm going to go for a drive. I'm going to put on my music. It's not even something that I really have to think about anymore. It's just, it's just in me. Mm. Um, and so yeah, I think that it's the more you do it, the more it becomes your yeah. lifestyle. And then it's actually harder to do the other.
1: Yeah, right? well, that's great. <laughs> yeah,
0: because you're so, yeah. so ingrained in you.
1: Yeah, well, I love that. Well, we're about out of time, but I wanted to see if you would pray for our listeners today and maybe specifically pray for the woman that is like, okay, I need this book. Like, I'm not experiencing sunshine in my life. That sounds great, but yeah. I'm going to need God's help to get there. Of um, sure. So maybe pray specifically, specifically for that girl. And then also just for our listeners, by the time they listen to this, whenever it is, um, my prayer is that this book would not just be another book that they have on their shelf, but it'll be really something that God uses to change things for them in their life.
0: Yeah. yeah. Amen. I love that. would love to pray. Thanks. Um, Lord, we thank you so much um, for everyone listening right now. And we pray specifically for for anyone who's listening and is just feeling a lot of darkness in their life. I pray that starting today, that day by day, they would experience more and more sunshine and light in their life. And um, we just thank you so much that you are speaking through this podcast, God. And I pray that you would continue to um, fill Rachel with... um, with your word, the way that you are, and that everyone that listening, that is listening, that as they continue to listen, that they would just grow deeper and deeper in their faith and in their love with you. And um, that as they read the sunshine mind, they would also grow deeper and deeper in their faith and more in love with you. And that this book would truly not be something that they just read. And then put it aside, but that they would be able to practically implement the lessons that are in it into their life. And that in return, they would live so free, so full, so purpose-minded. And um, we just thank you for this time together today in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you so much. Hey, can you share with our listeners how they can get a copy of this book and where they can find you?
0: Yes. So they can get a copy of the book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target all online. And then we're also in store um, at Barnes and Noble locations. And, uh, and then you can find me. I'm on Instagram. It's my only social media and that's at Raquel Stevens. And um, always feel free to tag me as you're, you know, reading the book or send me a DM, any, any thoughts that you have and um, yeah, would love to hear from you.
1: That's great. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life,